Tools in the Shed, a podcast brought to you by Cars Guy, um, and we're ready to rip into anything that's happened in the motoring week this week. We are. I'm James. With me are Matt, G'day. who's been all over seven-seat SUVs, all over and them. the healthy, constructive feedback we've received uh, to his recent review. Yeah. Uh, as well as Richard. Hello. Who's not alone in his concern about Takata airbags. No. And notes the New South Wales government's latest moves in that massive recall effort. And we'll check in with Twitter's number one fanboy in Muskwatch. So stay with us. But first of all, we've had some feedback again, which is terrific. So just to run through it quickly, our mate Hammer Rocks had his view on the Merc AMG GT four-door. Yeah. That's a five-door. Now, Mal, yes. Mal well and truly blew a gasket about that last week. <laughs> Did he ever? Yeah. So Hammer Rocks has recalled that the rear door design was called the liftback mm-hmm. uh, back in the 80s and 90s on cars like the old 626 and Telstar twins. And Camry as well. Camry, so back. you yeah. lift back. Now, that just neutralises the whole argument. Yeah. In that it's not a hatchback, it's not a door, it's a liftback. It's a liftback. So, so you, yeah. who uses it as a door anyway? Exactly. No one. No one gets in the car that way. No. Right? Dog, dogs do. So I, Some dogs. I think Hammer Rocks is genius on that score. So it's yeah. absolutely solved the problem. Thank you for that. Um, so the fifth lane. Yeah, it's not a door. It's a lift back. Yeah. Everyone's happy. And TQM has sent love hearts to Richard and Mal. Oh. Um, TQM has said, quote, I love Richard Berry. And then um, Mal came back and responded and said, yeah, we love him too. Blah, blah. And then TQM's gone... Couple of love hearts. He's just gone. Oh, Mal, Mal, I love you. Just so, giving um, out the love. Yeah. So there's a lot of love in the place. That's Thank you lovely. very much. Um, now, Thank something you. that doesn't necessarily uh, generate much love, unfortunately, Richard. Uh, these airbags meant no. to save people's lives. We're all pretty familiar with the kind of traumatic and lengthy recall campaign. Um, what's the latest news on this Okay. Call? So look, as as everyone know or knows or everyone should know, the Dakota airbag. Recall has been taking place now for like five years, Mm. um, four or five years. Uh, It's now getting to the point where people still aren't having their cars checked, still aren't having their bags replaced, and the New South Wales government has been forced into a position where they're going to ban you from re-registering your car next year uh, if it's actually one of the cars which is on their hit list. And Mm. they've called their hit list the Alpha Critical because the Alpha airbags have been identified as the most dangerous airbags out there. They mainly really only affect uh, earlier model cars, like from the early 2000s. But there's plenty out there. Um, You know, there's still over a million cars out there which haven't been checked or had their bags replaced. It it, it beggars belief, doesn't it, really? Because by this stage... If you've got a – so maybe an early noughties car is, is a little different, mm. but you should have by rights received some kind of communication from yeah. the manufacturer. If you've transferred the registration of the car, it's known who owns it. The VIN number is traceable. Mm. So someone owning that car should have received a notification. And in the face of all of that, they've still chosen not to do it. It's free of charge. I mm. mean, it's just strange. It, it is. I, I, look, I think the way that they're contacting people is by mail. Um, first off, that's their first, that's officially the, their first way they do it before they then go into other means. Um, and look, mail isn't, as we all know, mail isn't 100% reliable all the no. time. And in terms of cars being sold, resold, you know, it, I reckon it would be hard to find out exactly who owns a particular car now if it's 15 years down the track. Yeah. Um, I've got a list 
JC and M4. Um, if you want to indulge me, no, <laughs> I'm going to pop around a, to your place. That's a big job. Yeah, look, just requires a screwdriver and a, and a new airbag. It pops out. Well, I've got a little list here, and I might just quickly go through it quickly. Go for it. Um, go for it. These are the these are the cars which are affected. Uh, it's not a long list, but there's a lot of cars within in those models. Um, so BMW 3 Series E46, great car. Uh, that's affected. That's from 2001 to 2003. Honda Accord and Honda CRV from 2001 to 2002. Honda Civic has also got an Alpha airbag. That's from 2001. Again, Honda Accord from 2001 to 2002. Then this is the biggie. Honda Civic, Accord, Accord Euro, CRV, Jazz, and the MDX all have Alpha bags. You will not, if you own wow. one of these cars and it's from 2001 to 2003, you will not be able to re-register it unless your airbag's been replaced. Honda Jazz from 2004. Lexus SC430, great car. Uh, 2000 uh, to 2003. Really? I, car. I wanted that car so much about wow, 15 wow, years ago. We've learned something yeah. about Richard yeah. Berry today. Yeah. Yeah. I, think, I think taking a few more of those off the road is probably a reasonably good thing. <laughs> that engine's amazing. They, oh, the, okay. the airbags aren't, apparently. You have to get those replaced, otherwise you're not going to be able to get it re-registered. Mazda 6 RX-8 Mazda and the other Mazda 6, 2003 to 2004. You're not going to be able to register those either. Nissan. Nissan's been hit badly too. Nissan, the N16 Pulsar, the Y61 Patrol, the D22 Navara, the T30X Trail, 2000-2004. You're not going to be able to register uh, unless you're going to cheap deals out there. Yeah. <laughs> Toyota Corolla, the Aventus Versa from 2000-2004. Same again. And finally, the Toyota Echo, Echo. and the RAV4, 2002-2003 mm-hmm. model years. You're going to have to get those replaced. So just too. to just to reiterate, these mm. are the alpha Don't critical. Don't make him go through them. Again. No, no, we're not going to go through <laughs> oh, them again. Do you want these to these again? are the alpha <laughs> critical airbags that can blow shrapnel <laughs> into yeah. your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're watching on YouTube right now, uh, we've got some video behind us uh, of of a, a Takata airbag blowing up, and it basically, JC, we saw this yesterday, an M4, it becomes a bomb. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. It's the inflator. It's the metal uh, retainer. Mm. for the actual inflator. So mm. it's a, a, a very strong explosive force to deploy an airbag, mm. and degradation of, of that retaining ring over time means that the metal breaks down into fragments when yeah. the, the whole thing blows up. That's and, right. yeah, it'll kill you. That's yeah. right. Now, look, if you're listening from another state apart from New South Wales, look, New South Wales is actually one of the later ones to get on board. All the other states have apart from Victoria, and Vic Rhodes... Uh, has been approached for comment, and they've said that they're actually going to be considering it as well. Hmm. So, uh, look, by, by I reckon next year, Vic Rhodes will be on board as well, and you, yeah, the whole country You'd will have You hope they would be by next year. I mean, it's, it's a pretty critical yeah. situation. It, well, it's also pretty straightforward to check whether or not, and, you, know, you know, over and above Richard's uh, list there, but to check whether your car's affected. Manufacturers yep. are doing it. Um, the Federal Chamber of Automotive Industries is doing That's it yeah. right. online. There, there's a website you can go to. It's www.ismyairbagsafe.com.au. There's a link to it from our story. You can read our story and find it if your car's affected. Yep. It's really simple. I did it with our – we have a 2008 Ford Focus, and I was a bit worried as well. You enter your number plate into it, the state, and it tells you immediately whether yep. your car uh, is fine or not. And my car, I just – Number plate, state, and it said your car's What, what about affected? all the other outstanding violation notices that are against <laughs> oh, your car at this stage? Only well, airbags. Fortunately, only, only the airbags yeah. uh, are detected in that particular one. So I've um, done, I did this as well yeah. for my recently sold Volkswagen up. Uh-huh. Uh, and I 
I feel bad now because I forgot to get it done. Now, I'm one of the people who got the notice in the mail. Yes, it didn't have the right name. Yes. It. Like it said Matthew Daniels or something like that. Who's that? But I don't know. Is that That's your, your alias? The name you, you dance could, under. Could be. Internationally. Um, but anyway, so they, they um, sent me the, the letter in the mail. I knew that it was an issue based mm. on the website, but I just hadn't got around to doing it. And so I've sold the car. Mm. And I texted the new owner of the car this week to say, yep. hey, just remembered, yep. you know, have one of those brain flashes. Like, I've sold oh, you a bomb, yeah, literally. You've got, yeah. you've got an airbag that needs to be replaced. Yeah. So she's, uh, she's got the new, the paperwork now, so yep. she's going to go yeah. and get it done. But it's not but, an alpha one. Yeah. No, it's not an alpha. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. So it's not one of the dangerous ones. Still got to be replaced. Still got to be done. As a, you know, as a means of safety. Yep. It was so. kind of uh, reassuring. Our eldest daughter bought a uh, Yaris, and it's a 2008, I think. And we looked its details up. It was one of the affected cars, not for the alpha bag, but for the other type. Um, it had been done, mm. so you're able to tell whether or not the work's been rectification mm. work's been completed. Yep. And then in the door aperture on the driver's side, little silver stickers for any other uh, recalls. Yep. So it's kind of reassuring. Yeah. It's a good feeling once you know it has been done. Absolutely. Look, a lot of people say that, you know, recalls are a sign that a car's not built properly. Actually, it's not. It's a sign that the manufacturer is taking responsibility to look after your safety. So, yeah, yeah. And you've got your part to do as well, so get it checked out. There are cars that aren't built properly, though. There are. <laughs> <laughs> there are. We know a few. Oh, do. oh, yes, we do. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's let's move on. And, um, you know, if we're going to talk about cars that are built properly, that's, that's one of the things that we're looking at. Oh, yeah. When we lined up seven-seat SUVs, and they're... Such a popular choice for families. They are, hugely. Um, and we looked at what we considered to be the cream yep. um, of the larger uh, versions of that. Matt, so talk us through it. These ones were the off-road SUV type. So there are two pretty distinct categories of seven-seat SUVs these days. So there's the ute-based heavy-duty off-roaders, and then there's the car-style seven-seat where they're more a people mover style vehicle, but they just have regular doors on the back rather than sliders because no one wants slidey doors anymore, apparently. Hmm. So these uh, hardcore SUVs that we had included the Isuzu MUX, the Toyota Fortuna, the Sangyong Rexton, the Ford Everest, and the Mitsubishi Pajero Sport. We put them through their paces, and the Pajero Sport was our pick at that price point. Cool. Now, we. Yeah, and, and the context for that yeah. was there were other vehicles, you know, yes. it, it could have been a much longer list. Yes. But we made a qualitative judgment call yep. on which one should have been included to start with. Yeah? Yes, exactly. So the point of the test, essentially, we had the brand new Sangyong Rexton, all new car. It changed uh, over the generations into becoming, well, as we found, more of the CX-9 style, Hyundai Tucson style SUV than it used to be. It used to be a real hardcore, rugged Beast of a thing. I somehow feel that the Rexton should be with the Nissan Gloria and the Cedric, you know, that they should all be having tea together. There's something about, you know. It's a good name. Yeah. I like Re- it. Rexton. Yeah. Welcome in, Rexton. For sure you'd call it Rex. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, T-Rexton. So that was the car that uh, was the impetus for the test. But mm. we also wanted to see what the uh, entry-level versions of some of the other cars there. So uh, we had an Isuzu MUX, which has a similar list price to a mid-spec Toyota Fortuna, which has a similar list price to a high-spec Pajero Sport. And so we had a real cross-section of cars. And there's a bit of confusion in the comments on YouTube about why we chose these specific variants. Um, and so it was the unifying theme around the, the price yes, point? Yes, so yep. forty nine dollars to $55,000. Gotcha. There were cars that fell outside of that. 
that bracket, like a mid-spec uh, Ford Everest would fall outside of that. And the same can be said for a high-spec Fortuna. Yep. And so there were people uh, commenting on our uh, on our page in YouTube just saying things like um, Ford has overpriced the Everest, which we found. Yeah. Um, so we thought that based on list pricing. Now, that's the pricing that the manufacturer advertises plus on road costs. There are brands out there who do drive-away pricing, which is very different. It includes all your on-road costs. And Sangyong is one of those brands. Yep. So they've advertised nationally at 52990 drive away, which is essentially, if you were to do a list price, it'd be 48 ish. Yeah, it's se- plus always on roads. several thousand dollars. It's yeah. a variable, yeah. but you know, it's a pretty big number. And so, but this is where it gets confusing. So the Isuzu is uh, about 50,000 something, 50,400 or something like that, plus on road costs. But you ask any Isuzu dealer or you see, you know, what they've come up with as a deal yeah. and most of them are doing it 44990 drive away. Wow. But we can't go off that yeah. because that's not what the official list price is. That's what we go off for tests like this and that's why we included the entry level car rather than a high spec. So never underestimate a dealer's propensity to deal. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you yeah. are if you are willing to shop around and don't be afraid to drive a couple of different suburbs and see what you can get and even a different city. Like I know that you can get a better deal in Newcastle than you can get in Sydney if you're looking for a luxury car. Are you doing an ad? No. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No. Should I be? <laughs> anyway, back to the uh, the feedback. Um, so we had a couple of other ones. Um, the You guys deserve a medal for bravery for attempting to film a Richard Berry in the backseat of a mo- motor vehicle. I hope all necessary precautions were taken to avoid any incidents. In the backseat. Because Richard which, acted out the backseat space, comfort, etc. Which Which car was that? That was the SUV, just the comparison. In oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Well, there was a hazmat team on. There was a hazmat team. One he of those there. little mobile showers. He had that a mop. You, That's right. And a mop mm. and, and a they, bucket. Yeah, they were able to sanitise yeah. the vehicle yeah. pretty Ooh, rapidly. It's, it's a bit stingy, that we had, shower. We had a few uh, agree with us. Uh, thanks for the review. My sister drove the Fortuna and hated the suspension setup, which mm. all of us did too. Right. Uh, mm. Because it was just clumsy and yuck. Mm. Um, and then we had... Well, there was probably about half a dozen that said, where's the Nissan Terra? So we've got a lot yeah. of international viewers yep. wanting to know where the Nissan Navara-based SUV yep. was. Yep. We don't get it here yet. Uh, we might get it here at some point. We'd like to. Yeah. yeah. But, um, In it, Australia, it's more Nissan Terra Nullius. Yes. Yes. It's, it ain't here. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And so that was one uh, interesting group of comments. Yep. Um, a lot of people also asking for the Haval H9. Yes. Yep. As... As part of this test, um, another one said, uh, Andrew Bushell said, uh, should have put the Havel H9 and LDV D90 up against them. We've been trying to get an LDV well, D90 mean, for 18 months and we can't. Yep. He's heir to a T-Fortune anyway. What does he care? He wouldn't be <laughs> yeah. in this market. The Bushell He'd man. be in a range yeah. rover, for um, sure. We do have uh, a Havel H9 coming through the uh, garage in a few weeks' mm. time. Good looking. Um, which gets updated. Mm. It gets some additional safety cool. kit, which is good. Um and then the other group of people that were all over us were the Holden Trailblazer oh, lovers. Yes. Um, Who would have so thought there was such a group? Dequito Preto, Brooks Nuts, and Danilo <laughs> Alex Carico. Uh, we, we hear you. The Trailblazer wasn't there because 
we couldn't justify it being there. We didn't have is, enough is, people. Where's the apostrophe in Brooks nuts? Is it is it about <laughs> his nuts or is it the um, fact that he's a bit mental? There is no apostrophe. Okay, Brooks nuts. Uh, Brooks nuts. Oh, yeah. strange. Yeah. Always Kaif also wanted to know. Um, and we yeah we got accused of having something against the Trailblazer by Gavin Sawyer, but. The fact is that oh. we only had uh, a we, few hands. We only had and, five people, yeah. and we we would have loved to have done a ten, yeah. you know, SUV comparison. But, but you know, we have to be realistic. Yeah. And also on that front, the Trailblazer doesn't quite sell in as good numbers as some of its competitors in the class. We wanted the Everest there because it sells well, and it's what we thought was the benchmark. We wanted the Pajero Sport there because it's such a good value proposition, and it ended up that the in that spec in that mm. price bracket. It was the Pajero Sport that won okay. fairly convincingly. Absolutely, yep. it deserved it. Yep. Yep, good car, comfortable all-rounder. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there were other vehicles which did individual things better. Like, I really liked the steering in the Everest. Mm-hmm. I thought this Everest was just quite a beautiful car to drive. But overall, the Fortune, so the um, Pajero Sport just took it. And yeah, I mean, yeah. and it's great to have that feedback, and please mm. keep it coming. I yeah. mean, um, mm. feedback on the feedback, if you will. Yeah. Um, but... We've got to say that all of our opinions are considered. They mm-hmm. come from first-hand experience yep. and driving these cars back-to-back. So occasionally we're accused of some kind of institutional bias against a particular brand or a particular yep. car. Um, it's not. It's opinion based on experience and, yeah. and looking at those cars absolutely direct back-to-back out of one into another. Absolutely. Like I think in this job, uh, your integrity is all you got. You know what I mean? Really? Um, yeah, yours left years. I've left mine ages ago. Uh, but yeah, when it comes down to it, we can't afford to be, you know, fanboys, uh, you know, we can privately with our own cars, but we can't afford to have any bias at all. Otherwise, no. you're not going to believe any of our other reviews. No, so, and we yeah. and on that, uh, on that, we do have more comparisons coming up soon. Mm-hmm. We're going to be doing different segments. Uh, we've had requests, obviously, lots of requests for some similar SUVs in the same sort of price bracket. We'll look at that and see what we can justify. But also, we've got luxury SUVs coming up. We've got hatchbacks coming up. It's a broad yep. range. We're going to try and do as many as we can this year. So stay tuned because there's plenty coming. Yeah, it's always interesting. I mean, it never ceases to amaze how graphic the difference between vehicles can be yeah. when you are literally jumping from one into the other and driving them back to back. It's quite graphic. Mm-hmm. Well, last night I got out of a Lamborghini Urus and into a Mazda CX-5. And I don't think it gets much more graphic than that. Well, that's well, a beautiful segue, Richard, because we are going to talk about what's in our garage and yep. we'll we'll kick it off with your good self. It's been a rare kind of uh, inhabitant of, of our garage this week and you're behind the wheel of it. That's right. Uh, Lamborghini's second uh, SUV, uh, of course, if you if you may know, we, we possibly even have some footage of Lamborghini's very first one as well. LM002? That's right. The, it so like, well named. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The LM002. It was to win, I think, an Italian military tender. That's right. Uh, and it didn't get up, but they built them anyway. Yeah, and look. Had the Countach's V12 in it. A beast, and look, yeah. it, the, and so is the Urus or Urus. I mean, I've heard people pronounce it Urus. <laughs> I've heard people pronounce Lamborghini it Urus. That's it, the Lamborghini Mate, get Urus. Real, it's the Urus. Right? It's the Urus. I've heard a lot of people pronounce it all sorts of ways. Urus, Urus, whatever you want. It's a beast. It's I've really enjoyed driving it. We've only had it for a limited amount of time, as yep. you do with these types of cars. Uh, we what we did uh, this time. Look, we know that it's a beast on the track. We know that it can go off road. Uh, so what we did in this situation, we filmed it a couple of days ago, is that we gave it the berries. Now, what I mean by the berries is I introduced it to my family, the berry family. So we got my 
my wife into it, my son into it. We took him to preschool. We took my wife to work. We, we, we exposed it to my mum, who's wild. She's <laughs> mad. Not even she knows what she's going to say next. <laughs> and she said it, she actually thought it was a Porsche when she first saw it. And then she thought it was a Jaguar. Um, I took her to lunch in it, and she's, she's got talking of potty mouths. She's got the biggest potty mouth you could imagine. Um, and that was hilarious because getting mum's take on it, mum does not mince words. Yep. And you might be surprised about what she thought about it. I was. Um, we covered everything from funerals to um, <laughs> fake boobs in, in this conversation Brilliant. with mum. Because, yeah. I mean, that juxtaposition mm. that you mentioned a little while ago, uh, going from that car to a CX-5, mm. it's it's from fantasy and all emotion to reality and what will actually do the job. Absolutely. Really, I mean, this Lamborghini Urus has got a twin-turbo V8 making 478 kilowatts and 850 newton metres. That's incredible. Uh, and I didn't like it when I saw it in pictures for the first time, but when you see it in the flesh, you I fell in love. It looks like Queen Bee. And so it, it got you to childcare really fast. I got, Amanda was late for work. My wife was late to work. And I said, this, is a three, this, is a, this car can hit 305 kilometres an hour. You're not going to be late. She wasn't convinced. Uh, <laughs> so you went 305 kilometres an Didn't hour. go that fast, but right. I did take mum through uh, a few tunnels in Sydney and mum started doing her, she has anxiety and right. she does this breathing when she gets nervous and she goes, when <laughs> 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 it sounds full on, I, I feel bad, but mum full on got Bit anxious. All right. Um, well, but it was a it was a wonderful like it was a it was a great experience to drive. It is look, it is made by uh, I suppose you know the Volkswagen Group family uh, as Lamborghini mm-hmm. and Porsche and Audi are, Bentley. and Bentley, and there are there are definite connections to Audis mm-hmm. and you know the the new RS8 or uh, SQ8 which is coming out will share the same engine and uh, a few other a lot of other bits and pieces and the Touareg as well is built on that same MLB platform so it Bentayga right, as well mm-hmm. and the KN2 so it does not feel much different to those cars but there are some Lamborghini it's dressed up as a Lamborghini and that that gets it over the line in my eyes. So mm, okay. I, I enjoyed the experience. The video's coming but soon. You know what, the review's coming soon too. You know what I think is most interesting about it is that it's cheap, comparatively. Well, Compared it's... to other Lamborghinis. That's true. Actually, you're very right. It's, it's a five-seat version, which is what we had, is $402,000. Cheap. Yeah, the four-seat is about four ninety grand. Yeah. And that's, you know, as, as mum said, because um, I said, we're going through the different criteria as you go through, and I said, what would you give it for a price? And she goes, Richard, just, just you shouldn't even think about the price. Yes, when you got money, we got money. This is nothing. Don't even, don't even think about it. You yeah. buy this car if you want to right. stand out She's in the crowd. Absolutely yeah. right. She's yeah. right, and that's the mindset yeah. of a of a person that we will never be. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Good on her. And I mean, yeah. Um, mm. but yeah, the uh, and it's a fan. It is proper. It's actually a family car. Oh, you yeah. can use it as a family car. It's got a six hundred plus liter boot. We yeah. fit. It's mega. So much stuff in the boot. Massive boxes. And the, and the one we had was in such a subtle shade. Mm. It, it really almost melted that, into that the background. Galore yellow is standard colour. It's right. a standard no colour. Cost. No cost option. <laughs> Probably one of the only things. It's got $67,000 worth of options and the colour wasn't one of them. And <laughs> I loved it. Because, you know, as mum said, if you're going to get it, you've got to get it in this yellow as well. You want to stand out. This yeah. is what this car's all yeah. about. Agree. And cool. I'll, yep. All right. Now, another money's no object car. Uh, of course, comes from Suzuki. Yeah, you'll <laughs> you'll do whatever. Speaking of mother, you know you'll sell your mother uh, for one of these, and you've been behind the wheel yes. of our new favourite little guy. Yeah, the Jimny. 
Um, oh, so yeah. last week we did some off-road testing in a manual Jimny, and this week I am in an automatic Jimny. Now, I prefer the manual hands down. It's a much more rewarding drive, but I can totally see why people would buy the auto because it is just... It's still fun. It's yeah. still zippy enough. How many, um, how many speeds in the auto? Fours. Four. Yeah, just it's the, the four. four speed. Um, is that a problem? No. Really? No, on a highway? It really... Well, I haven't driven on the highway yeah. yet, but I really think that this whole obsession with having more and more gears in your automatic transmission is stupid yeah. if the engine doesn't need them. Yeah. So, Are you yeah. blowing a gasket here? No, I could be. I think Sorry, you might right, be. If you want so, to go there. It's, it's dumb. Anyway, <laughs> um, but there are cars that need extra gears. I, I mean, uh-huh. I imagine that once I get to 100 k's an hour and it's sitting at 3,500 RPM and it's going, I'll, I'll want a fifth <laughs> and sixth, but that's okay. Um, no, love it. it. Now, just a bit of, uh, a bit of bragging. Uh, me, uh, myself, I, I found myself driving the Jimny uh, through Surrey Hills and I got Almost as many looks, points, smiles, and videos uh-huh. by people with their phones as I did when I had a very short <laughs> drive of the Urus as well. So, yeah. I think based on bang for your buck, uh, if, if you yeah. want people to look at you, it's an, and it's a it's a beautiful shade of snot yeah. um, as well. So it's it'd be just, amazing peering in the garage, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh yes, we've got the Urus, but this is just our runaround. Yeah. Uh, that would actually it's kind of like having those mega yachts, but a little dinghy at the back. A tender, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A little yeah. tender hanging off the. Stool. This is what you use to run to the shops. If I had all the money in the world, that would be my garage. It's pretty that good. And a hot rod and the Jimny. Yeah. yeah so um, mm. looking forward to spending a bit more time in the Jimny. It's so yeah. far I am. Sm- Mitten. Mm. Uh, I know it's got shortcomings, and and there are plenty yeah, of them. It's short. But yeah, <laughs> but it is. It's just one of those cars that I've been waiting for for a long time. I mm. am in the market to buy a second-hand old one, so maybe that'll that'll happen. Yeah, just because like my heart's been sounds like you're <laughs> rattling off your Tinder pro. Oh, I'm just, I, I love it. I'm so I'm so into this it. What have you been driving, JC? <laughs> yeah, just changing the subject. Yeah, okay. Sorry. Um, look, I've been in the world of commercial vehicles, and yeah. I always find that fun. You know, the white box uh, van man uh, playing that, just playing role playing. Yeah. Uh, so it's a Renault Traffic Crew lifestyle, right? And I expected that to be something a little bit special. Um, yeah, it's not. It's a, it's a, <laughs> you know, it's a working van. Yeah. It's a diesel. It's only a 1.6 litre wow. four-cylinder turbo diesel. Yeah. It's a big van. Um, I saw it in the car park. It's, big. it's massive. Look, its wheelbase is yeah. 3.5 metres. So it's 3.5 metres just between the axles. Yeah. That's getting on for the overall length of a Picanto. Yeah. yeah. Just between yeah. Uh, yeah. the wheels. Um, so it seats six. So you've yeah. got that classic, I think it's six anyway. Yeah. You've got that classic seating at the front. Load box at the back. Um, it's about forty-seven thousand before you put it on road, mm. and it's a six-speed manual in that very European, more specifically French way, up in the console where yeah. it's, it's very convenient, yeah. <laughs> and it, it works quite nicely. Um, yeah. The engine power delivery is not linear. You get a, right. a sort of slowish, not sluggish, but slowish sort of takeoff, and then whooshka. The turbo comes yeah. in and you start to really feel the power. So it gets along okay. I didn't load it up. It was just using it um, for a bit of fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it wore off pretty quickly. What do you think? <laughs> who do you think would use this? Is this oh, a it's, is it flower shop or is it more tradey or is it a... Got... That's a really good question. This one, because you've got the six seats, I think those six seats are for workers. Yeah, this right. Is, this is not the family work kind of dual personality. Yeah. This is a working vehicle. Yeah. So it's going to be used on a job site or, you know, 
in that setting. I've seen yeah. them uh, decked out for electricians. Um, oh yeah, going to big job sites like yeah. apartments and stuff, so people yep. can you can get all your boys to the site or boys and girls on yeah. to the site yep. with all your gear as well, and plumbers as well tend to like them as well. So. Because Toyota doesn't make a large van like that, well, it doesn't sell one in Australia, does it? With does the it? crew seating in yeah. the front, I'm not yeah. sure they do. Do they? Yeah, right. the high ace. Yeah, but the high ace isn't the same size. Yeah, as it is. You can get a you can get a. I, I I thought it was a class smaller. Nah. Than oh, the no, traffic. they're the same. No, no, they're the same class. Big, yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. Right. So, right. but the there is a new high ace coming soon. Yep. Wow. Fifteen years later, can't wait. Love and a it's going to have a bonnet. Oh yeah, a it's semi, got a nose. It's, it's a semi bonnet. It's not just a cab cab semi. over engine. But anymore. how how interesting! Toyota's like, yeah, yeah, we're confident we're going to get five star safety. So wow. that that says to me that they're going to go. Mm. AEB lane keep they lane need, keep they need some kind of uh, pedestrian detection yeah as well. yep. the high tech prediction but yep. unless wow. that's unless ANCAP decides to do what it did with Kia and go well if you're going to have one spec without it split then, it split yeah. the rating but I don't know mm. Toyota's pretty aggressive on safety these days anyway, interesting look I think the traffic it's fit for purpose does its job yep. it was fun for a little while and then that wore off yeah um, so <laughs> that was good and look speaking of big claims Toyota might be making some. This man makes them all the time. Oh, yes. Oh, it's time for Muskwatch. Right, so. <laughs> okay, this week, uh, Tesla has announced that its general counsel, and I want to try and get this name right, Dane Butswinkus, or Butswinkus, Okay, mm. that's his name. Are you sure? That's a good name. Butswinkus is leaving two months after his hiring. Um, in oh, the wake dear. of so he was hired primarily to take on the whole uh, U.S. Securities Commission case that Elon Musk had to face right. from his um, untoward tweets about you know taking the company private and all that stuff. We know it too well, but he's leaving due to quote poor cultural fit. Um, so he's <laughs> he's just not getting on with certain people. Uh, so I wonder who that person is. And you've got is. to remember is, last year, Tesla, or the dear leader, lost senior managers from Tesla's sales, mm. accounting, mm. finance, yep. supply management, yep. human resources, and communications teams. Yeah. So there's a fair bit of poor cultural fitting going on, yeah. um, which, which could be a worry. Mm. And look, that's not even c- considering probably the endless stream of workers, which are also leaving when they're getting check of it. Because apparently, Maybe. he walks around the plant and he... Picks on it people, finds people. Well, yeah. but also allegedly, some of the some of the workforce, mm. as we know, um, had to be laid off mm. because of managing cost versus production mm. and yeah. all that mm. stuff. So it's a fairly tumultuous place. I'd it imagine. doesn't yep. sound like yep. a nice place to work. It doesn't. Now, no. also in terms of uh, the tweeting habit, which we all know um, that Elon suffers from chronically, mm. uh, he's been on the Twitters again, mm-hmm. and he's posted a picture of thousands of cars oh, on the dock in San Francisco bound for Europe. That's yep. great. So it's a drone or a chopper shot. Yep. Looks extremely imp- yep. impressive. Soon after, again on Twitter, he said Tesla would make 500,000 cars this year. Wow. Which is a massive claim, like yeah. half a million cars. But about four hours later, tweeted a correction that the company's annualized rate by the end of the year, would be 500,000. So they'd be at a run rate that would equate to 500,000 cars in a what year. Does, oh, that's not so, the same. So uh, <laughs> the actual number, he said, was more likely to be 400, which in itself is a massive claim. We'll yeah. see whether they get... And this is X, S, Model 3, yeah. the whole bit. That's yeah. their output. 
We'll see if they get to 400. That's so. a lot That's of That's like cars. saying, I'm going to go to the gym three days this week and only going once and going, well, like I said I would, but you know, I could. I could. I could possibly go seven days. Maybe I'll go seven days next week. And yeah. there's five minutes left in the week. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could go twice in five minutes. I'll wow. walk in, out, walk in and out. Yeah, yeah, done. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So you've got to watch that send button. I think yes. is the cautionary tale out of all of this. Yeah. The share price has been stable at around $300 during the week. Okay, so during the last week. But you've got to remember that according to CNBC, Tesla's unpaid debt is still around a billion dollars. And that's mainly in convertible bonds. And they're due this time next week at a conversion price of 360 bucks. Right? Wow. So if the share price isn't at or above $360 by Friday of next week, Tesla will be paying out up to a third of its liquid cap, uh, capital to make up the difference. Holy crap, I've got a $300 like electricity bill due next week. So um, It's kind of not as bad as that, is it? Or right. is it Imagine like, that. So, yeah, yeah you do something yeah. to get the share price up there, I, I don't know, or you just pay out loads of cash to shareholders to make up for their bonds, the conversion of their bonds. Well, I, I get a feeling that we're going to see some sort of concept card this week. Yeah, yeah. Could be. Pump it up. Yeah. Pump Just it up. Something or from maybe SpaceX. a production a production version of the yep. of the pick Roadster yep. or the pickup. Motorbike, Tesla motorbike. You heard <laughs> yeah. it here first. Uh, <laughs> now Bloomberg, the Model Three production tracker, we're at five five eight nine, which is up wow. another two hundred and fifty nine on last week. Oh good. And, t- and Model Three has broken through the two hundred thousand unit mark. Okay. So that's been going for a few years, but mm-hmm. they've now built more than two hundred thousand of the things. Mm-hmm. Two hundred and three thousand seven hundred and forty four to be exact according to Bloomberg. Okay. Now, look, in elsewhere in the Elon world, did you know SpaceX launched an Israeli robotic lunar lander last night? I actually didn't know that. And that's, uh, that's the type of thing I like to know. He likes space. I love space. So it's called Bereshit, which means <laughs> in the beginning. That means in the beginning. And I thought maybe if they're going back to the moon, right, and there's a lunar lander yeah, there, yeah. they might find Alan Shepard's golf clubs because Alan yes. Shepard was famously the first guy to play golf on the moon. Yeah. Yes. I don't know whether he brought the clubs back with him, but it'd be great to just kind of, yeah, yeah. the robot, yeah. the Israeli robot, yeah. um, picks it up. Yeah, and, yeah, and makes the putt. Makes the putt. <laughs> finishes off the hole. That would be great. There's lots of craters, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. to get a hole. That's true. Yeah. Lots, of yeah, lots of bunkers. Lots of bunkers. <laughs> yeah. uh, but okay, look, with that, we've reached the finish line. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. And thank you, Richard. Thank you. And thanks to our producer, Mr. Pritchard. (gasps) To have your say on the show, search for Cars Guide on Facebook and Instagram and use the hashtag CGPodcast or email us at comments at carsguide.com.au. You can listen to and watch us on YouTube. And if you're enjoying Tools in the Shed, please pay it forward and recommend us to family and friends or rate and review us on iTunes. Apparently, we're still a 4.5 out of 5 on iTunes. I don't know how that's happening. That's amazing. Anyway, until Good next week. Yeah. Until next week. A truckie didn't notice a low bridge sign and gets stuck under an overpass. Mm. The police eventually arrive and the cop says, got stuck, eh? To which the truck driver says, no, I was delivering this bridge and ran out of fuel. <laughs> was That's... it? Oh, no, you've got stuck. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you, Richard. <laughs>